Hi, everyone. This is Derek Williams, and you're listening to the 10 Bound Podcast. This is a special series where we're dedicated to researching technology that's driving success within SDR teams. It's called the Research Labs series. I'm your host, Derek Williams, and I have a great guest with me today who's going to talk to us about some effective tactics and strategies that are being used around the realm of video. So who I have with us today is William Holland. He's the co-founder of Video. Video is a really innovative tool and I get a lot of kick out of it. I think it's great. I think it's going to help a lot of teams be effective, effectively improving your response rates and emails and messages that you're sending to prospects by including a personalized gift of yourself. It's actually used by some of the best sales teams out there. You'll see it on their website, companies like Intercom, Greenhouse, Chili Piper, and even Google. So super excited to have you on the show here, William. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Great. So why don't you give us a little bit of uh, background on yourself, if you could kind of introduce yourself to the audience and any inflection points in your journey along the way? Yeah, I think, I mean, I have a long and varied background in history, right? But the easiest way to describe it is... I left college or university, I moved into a sales role, and I never looked back. So I've been selling ever since, always enjoyed interfacing with people, solving problems. It was just a career for me. I'm sure it's something to do with my mental state as well. I just love the pace of sales. Anyway, that's been me for 10 plus years now. And I've worked in a number of different places and held different roles. But more notably, I was helping to establish EMEA's, uh, sorry, Intercom's EMEA Outbound Sales Team, mm. the SDR team. And I'd say that was probably the inflection point for me personally. I worked at Google before then. That was incredibly powerful and maturing for me personally, right? I really learned to hone my craft and I really caught the bug when it came to proper sales methodology process, really caring for and investing in the craft. And then when I went to Intercom, I was selling, I was doing all sorts of things. It was super scrappy to begin with. I worked there for five and a half years. And in the last, I don't know, two and a half, maybe three years, I was managing and building teams and I was responsible for outbound in EMEA. And that was a real challenge. And we can talk at length about all the different things that I learned on a personal level and professional level. But the inflection point for me was building out this team of relatively young and untenured reps, new into a market. Right? We'd never done outbound before at Intercom. It was 99% inbound. Mm. The 1% that wasn't was kind of founder-led. And it was my responsibility and job to build that motion. And we really didn't have a clue to start with. You know, and that was very humbling and challenging. And I learned a ton. And for me, the big takeaway there was that we felt this real friction between volume and scale of outreach and then quality and personalization of it. And oftentimes, these two things are kind of in contrast to one another, right. almost seen as mutually exclusive. And we wrestled with that for such a long time and experimented with all sorts of different outreach methods and techniques. And during that experimentation, we came about with ideas that look a little bit like Vidu today. Me and my co-founder met at Intercom, Gavin Joyce, and we built tools and technology for the sales teams. And in many ways, that helped me to scale the function. And then one day we said, hey, we're helping people manage this tightrope. We're helping them do more with less. We're helping them send rich, engaging content out to prospects without it costing the world. We should build a business and a product and a tool set around this and then Vidu began. Awesome. Well, tell us about what problem you're solving with Vidu then. I know we talked a lot in our planning session, but for the audience, what's the core premise around what you're solving? I think we can characterize the problem as sales reps, particularly business development. There's an incredible human cost associated with it. Mm. Businesses take funding. And the next thing to do is, well, let's scale up business development. 
And the tried and tested way of doing this is let's just hire lots of people, right? And get them to, to do that. And it's rife with burnout. It's loads of attrition. It's a hard job. It's really sink or swim. And oftentimes people are sending out lots of messages. They're doing lots of work. They might even be doing the right type of work, doing all their research, personalizing their messaging. And ultimately they get a really paltry response rate. One, two, three percent if they're lucky. So that's how I describe the issue. It's all these people, all this money wrapped up in them, this big function known as business development, really in a way spinning its wheels and sending out 100 messages and being happy if they get two responses back. That is very wasteful. And it's very challenging for the business, for the industry, and for the rep as well. So that's what we really want to solve with video. We want to help you get more bang for your book when you do the job of an SDO, when you do the honest work, when you do the research, we want to help you get noticed. We help you create gifts of yourself, complete with personalized messaging that you can put into emails, LinkedIn messages, et cetera. It's a way to stand out and get more responses. Yeah. Just picking up on what you mentioned, I did a little homework and I listened to a interview you had on the sales transformation podcast. And you were quoted as saying to pay an SDR a pretty penny and then only get a 2% which is probably <laughs> double what some teams are getting. Yes. Only get a two percent response rate is a waste. So yeah, yeah. I, we're all about improving the effectiveness of the sales development role and the, and the individual. So this is sounds like at the heart of that. Really designed for SDR teams. We talk to many founders Correct. and CEOs around their offering for the sales development space, but not always is it centered on the sales development team necessarily. It's maybe something that this SDR team can use but maybe it's more broad in its purpose in terms of revenue teams. So good to know that we're hyper-focused on SDR teams, but let's break down how it works. Can you give us the mechanics of the essence of like, so how does it work? If I'm an SDR, I'm using video, what does that look like? Okay. So when you set up video for the first time, we'll give you this little tracking card. Okay. You can't see that. This is audio, but just know there's a piece of paper, a piece of card that you hold up. It's like a mini green screen. And then we help you to record one video of yourself once. We take that video, we convert it into a GIF, the little green screen that you hold into your hand. You can then personalize that screen with all sorts of different content, just in time, on demand, when you're messaging people. So you record one video for two seconds. We turn it into a GIF. That GIF is available to you now through a Chrome extension when you're writing an email, when you're in LinkedIn. And you want to send them a GIF of you waving to introduce yourself. Or maybe you're looking curious and you're asking a question. Or maybe it's a really inventive one. You're holding some swag or whatever. We let you create GIFs like that in about 8 to 10 seconds with personalized content on that little green screen. And then send it to your customers. I love that. And watching some of these out there, the poses that we see sometimes are as engaging or entertaining, I should say, as the message itself. But now, now there's a lot of different ways. And and on your website, you do a really good job of calling out the common use cases for video. But where does it come up, would you say? You know, we've spoken to other video vendors here on the show, and there's a mixed feedback on where a video-like offering comes in the touch cadence. So where do you recommend video pop up for, is it after we've made contact? Is it the first outreach? Where does it fall in the touch cadence? Okay. I'll give you kind of a cop-out answer first, and then we'll get specific. It really is anywhere, right? Given how easy and fast it is to make these, you can use them in all sorts of places. 
first touch, follow-ups, bump messages, end of cadence. You can even use it within deal cycles to introduce yourself to new contacts, prompt them to sign a deal, share information, customer success, account management teams use it, yada, yada. But we want to pick a lane, right? We're a small company. There's two of us. We're bootstrapped. We're really, really focused on SDRs. And in particular, we're really focused on solving, and I'll further characterize the problem, First touch for an SDR is often a big investment of time, and it should be. In my opinion, it's the most Agreed. important. The most important touch you can make on an account, it's the first impression you make. It's absolutely sacred. If you can't be bothered spending a bit of time personalizing and investing in that message, don't run them through the rest of the cadence. Mm. They're not going to thank you for it. And I really believe that. The challenge is, well, how do you make that message amazing? You do the research and you write it down and you put all the hooks in and you think, Jesus, this is an amazing message. Surely if they read this, they're going to respond. I mean, Christ, who wouldn't? And then they don't. So what we want to do is, and I'd say the best place to use Vidu for a lot of SDRs today is when you send that first message, when you've done that hard work, you make a GIF in 10 seconds, you put it in there, and then you use that as a way to immediately stand out in an inbox. When they open the message, they won't see a link to a video. They don't need to click anything and go anywhere. You didn't need to spend 90 seconds making it and editing it. You spent 10 seconds putting together some personalized media. And when they open it, their experience is, pow, it just plays, just plays. So for me and for a lot of our customers, it really is. And it starts with first touch, day one of the cadence, that all important sacred email. Use a gift, really amplify and highlight your message. That's where it's most effective today. Got it. Yeah. No second first impressions, everyone. Yeah. That first impression is (laughs) material. I agree a hundred percent there. So talk to us about how it's different though. As I mentioned, we talk to and we look at other video vendors and you mentioned something that caught my attention there and that's that it just plays. So maybe that's something that we call out, but there's other video players out there that our SDR teams might be using today. What sets video apart? I think there are a couple of things. One of them is the prospect experience that we just spoke about. Mm -hmm. It just plays, right? It's entirely frictionless. When the prospect, the recipient opens that message wherever they are, they will see you. It will see who you are. We'll get to understand that tone, right? That expression, that authenticity, that should shine through. The best people that make these, they're really personal. And immediately it does a large part of the job that video does, but without any of the hassle for the prospect. Oh, there's Derek. He's real. And then perhaps you're accompanied by an engaging message. So a part of this is like prospect experience and just removing all that friction, just immediately communicating the fact that you're human. The other differentiator I'd say is workflow from the rep's perspective. These are two things we keep in mind. What does the recipient see, feel, experience? How easy is it to convey a message and who you are? But also for the rep, it's no good being easy for the customer or the prospect if ultimately for the rep, it took an hour, you know? Right, right. These are some of the things we worked on at Intercom. We would create the most engaging assets as gifts, and it would be an upfront investment that was like inordinate, disproportional. It wouldn't scale. The ROI was terrible. But it was a cupcake. We started there and then we kind of grew ourselves toward what video is now. For the rep, this is something that you can use in eight to 10 seconds. That's probably the biggest differentiator for them. Yes, it's super engaging, right? And that's great. Mm -hmm. And they'll get you more responses, but it takes you a fraction of the time. And for any leaders and like heads of function out there, you know, using video, it's not as simple as let's just use video. Right. Record video, prep for video, script video, get comfortable with it right? Scale it. There's a lot of hours associated with that ongoing. It never turns off. But with gifts, 
it's far more accessible. So we see this as making a rep's life easier. It doesn't replace video. I want to be clear. Maybe we'll talk about that soon. But particularly upfront in the cadence where the economics of that investment that a rep makes versus the return they're getting just aren't quite right today. Mm-hmm. Super easy for the rep and then really accessible for the prospect. That's probably the biggest differentiator right now. Yeah. You know, we talk about grabbing attention and engagement when we talk to video vendors. In some respects, it's you know, creating more engagement and maybe we're grabbing more attention. So I like the way you play that out. And you set it up really well because it sounds like in the beginning, we're doing a really good job of grabbing attention, conveying problems, asking information, still engaging, but you're grabbing attention in a far more creative way with these gifts. So that in itself, these gifts themselves set it apart. I think I don't see anything else out there like this. So I think that in itself makes it tremendous. But then, you know, you mentioned that it doesn't replace video. And so there's this marriage that maybe that we can have. What other video vendors do you use and how do you use video outside of video? So I used to use Vidyard a lot. I'll just say it. I speak with Vidyard. I told Tyler a while ago, their CMO, I use Vidyard. I even made him Vidyard, I think. I used to use Vidyard a lot at Intercom. We all did. I use Loom now Mm -hmm. a lot and for varying reasons, but I like Loom. It's horses for courses, right? It's one or the other. It doesn't really matter, but I use video. And I typically use it a little bit further into my sales cycle. And I don't mean, I should say, yeah, sales cycle when we're actually engaging and interfacing and talking. Amazing, right? What a powerful medium. They're going to click it. You've got rapport, trust, credibility built up. My investment of time is a worthwhile one. And I can communicate so much. That sales cycle, prospecting cycle, I would still use it when I'm prospecting, but I'd use it maybe like step four, five, six. I would give myself permission to use it when I see signals of intent and engagement. So as the prospect increases their likelihood to engage with me and convert, let's say, that's when my investment of time in video becomes really appropriate and really worthwhile. Mm. So I'll usually start by sending some gifts. And then once I've seen those views, those clicks, maybe even got a response, then I'll slip in a video because I know in 60 seconds, I can communicate so much more than I could in a short email with just text alone, right? And that's where I think that marriage sits. In some cases, people, they replace video with gifts, particularly at the very top of the funnel, but not everybody does, right? But in a lot of cases, people will use gifts to warm up prospects, do it in a really time-effective, engaging way. Again, the prospect experience is solid. And then when it's appropriate, they'll send videos. I got a video the other day from what my wife did from somebody, and it was just a video sent, and it almost felt like the seller thought, well, by way of the fact that I've used a video, you should watch it, you know? <laughs> and it really wasn't entitled. Yeah, it was just, it was almost like this entitlement of, I've used a video, and by way of that fact, you should give me your time. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot. I say we, I think everybody understands this. When someone opens an email, you've got a very short window of time within which to engage them, catch their attention, and do, do something with it. And when you put a video in, immediately, that's friction. Like we know we've got three to five seconds, let's say. I mean, call it 10 if you've been generous to grab someone's attention. In what world do we think that putting a 90-second video into that first, they don't know you, they don't owe you. Why would they click on that? So I'm probably going at this too hard. No, no, that, I hear that you. I like, the, I like that you're bringing together of, the swim yeah. lanes of the two, the various mediums within the video lane, if you will. There are lots of exceptions to that as well, okay? Mm. Like specifically, if... All you need to do to hit your target is get one up a month, like one, you know, super high value, massive contract value, enterprise focus, like, 
hell yeah, go for it. Like roll those dice and send those videos and make that huge investment, potentially get, you know, a, a five or a 10 or whatever percent view rate. But those that do view could be the whale that you need, you know? But for a lot of SDR teams that have high quotas that need to speak with 30, 40, 50 folks a day or send that many emails, that's when it might start to break down a bit. Again, this is not don't use video. It purely is from a company's perspective, the economics of these tools. I would use GIFs earlier in a cycle. Videos come a little bit later. What would you say to the person that would refer to GIFs as gimmicky? I think that's maybe someone who's not so leaning forward in their buy cycle yet. They haven't maybe heard this interview. They've only seen a handful of GIFs. What would you say to them in response to that? I'd say it absolutely can be, you know, Mm. just going to lean into it. It can be. Everything can in a way, right? Well put. Um, I'll expand on it, right? A poorly made video with the title slide or even a GIF in it, right? In and of itself, that can be gimmicky. The video I got the other day was just a gimmick. Yeah, It's a video and because of that, you should click it. It held no inherent value to me, right? It was in every sense of the word gimmick. It was useless in that way. Once I clicked on it, there was some value in there, fine. But in my email, this is gimmicky. Adding GIFs can absolutely be a gimmick, right? Adding the more, let's say the more traditional, right? GIF, you go on Giphy, check out those GIFs. Adding that can be a bit trite. That can be gimmicky. Mm. I think with video as well, it can absolutely be a gimmick. It is all about what you choose to express. So we less think of it as, well, is a GIF a gimmick? And we more think of, well, how is the person intending to use this GIF? What GIF have they made? What are they saying within it? What are they trying to convey? Is it a full question? Is it a well-researched observation? Is it something of meaning? Right? And then what's the surrounding context within the rest of the message? When those things are married together well, it's absolutely not a gimmick. It's a vehicle for expression and communication. But I will lean in and say like, yeah, you, you can do this in a gimmicky way. Yeah. And that's really not what we want to do. Right. right. I'm it's, sure there's it's some all about what you invest into it. Pardon me? I'm sure there's some bloopers out there that have fallen into the gimmicky category. Definitely. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, there are. Right. And there always will be. You know, there always will be, but I see it all the time. The best sales teams, they put some thought into it. Just like any video, call, email, it doesn't matter. If you think about your methodology, if you understand your audience, your persona, what it is they care about, if you work carefully with the stakeholders in the business and marketing, et cetera, think about what that really engaging, rich, powerful content and copy looks like. And then you find ways to convey that seamlessly, frictionally, maybe through a GIF. That's great. You know, that's not a gimmick, but- it's not for everybody. Fair enough. Well, you know, I do love how you use video on LinkedIn and through your social channels. I think that's very effective. It's working well for you there. So it's, this isn't purely something that shows up in email, but in that regard, the same way that you may have to click on a video with another vendor to get the video to play with mm. video, you don't have to click on it, it plays automatically, but you're still subjected to that open, right? So is there any advice that you give to users around subject lines or ways to actually get those emails opened up so that they can get that autoplay. Yeah. Okay. So this is good, right? I mean, I'm going to decouple this from Vidu, you know? Yeah. We've got to get them to open it. Mm -hmm. There are folks out there, like the lavender team do this really well. And I'm I'm pretty much just my parrot what they talk about. I'm increasingly becoming a really big fan. And Will already talks about this a lot of very vanilla, boring, almost internal subject lines. 
I think they're great. And it's not just because, oh, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, mm-hmm. like we're going to do a bait and switch. We're going to pretend that it's an email from a colleague. Not at all. We're just going to be very matter of fact. Like when you're writing a message to somebody internally, you know them, you work with them, you're not going to fluff it up. Mm-hmm. You're not going to allude to some, you know, magical value that might be here if you just follow these steps. You're just going to say it how it is. And in that sense, it's going to be very to the point. So this is quite general advice, but yeah, go and follow Will Allred. Go and check out Lavender. And I would be writing subject lines that are three, four words max, very matter of fact. So if you're a, let's say you're a team that sells a recruitment software and you're messaging a HR manager or director or whatever, you might just say like Q3 hiring, you know, or you might say like Q2 attrition, something like that. Yeah, we I, can think go into actually, examples, I, I think one thing he emphasizes is even one word subject lines yeah. and how they perform the best. And they have a lot of data that backs attrition. this up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Right, yeah, right. hiring. Well, well, there <laughs> you go. I do think with subject lines, the less is more because we've mm-hmm. tried to optimize the hell out of them for years. And I think this is a learned experience from buyers now. It's very easy to look at an email, read a subject line, and go, aha, that's the sales email. Okay. And I mean, maybe it should be that way, right? They should know it's a salesperson. But I think we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. If we just spoke more directly to what we're actually talking about as opposed to trying to build all this intrigue, I think that would serve us better. And it's the subject line, but it's also the first two lines of text. That's what's going to get previewed. Right, the well. preview line. Exactly. They yeah. need to connect, yeah. right? They need to be aligned well. Mm-hmm. Bingo. And it can't be like bullshit personalization. I'm literally saying what Will says now about like what college they went to, et cetera. Ideally, you use those first two lines to immediately hook them in, give them a reasoning for reading more. And the best way to do it is show them that you actually care, right? Give them an opinion, ask them a question, show them that you've done your research. And then when they open it, ideally, you've got a gift that expands on that and earns you the right to get the rest of the message read. Yeah, it's a careful art, not so much a science these days. It is. And, you know, those one and two percent reply rates are real. We see them in a lot of accounts today. And we've taken a lot of what we've heard from Lavender and we've had them on the show and we've injected that into some of our training and consulting with our clients. And, you know, we're seeing definitely seeing improvements in both open and reply rates. And so when you marry together those rules and a great medium like Vidu, you start seeing tremendous effectiveness. So definitely recommend there. Let's talk about use cases. Yeah. Let's talk about use cases (laughs) a little bit though. So obviously, you know, acquiring business is what we're all talking about here. SDRs, you know, gaining access to new accounts, acquiring new logos and all that. One thing that stood out to me in the grad guide podcast interview that you did a while back, you had actually talked about SDRs prospecting into jobs. And so those that are looking to, you know, get, and I think that's a real, you know, given the macroeconomics that we're facing today and the the conditions around us, I think it's important to kind of call this out that tools like video can actually help you stand out in that recruitment process and that application process. Anything you'd add there? Have you seen much of that? What are your thoughts there? Yeah. Shameless plug. So, well, not really, because it's, no, that's what it's all about. We're all about plugging. <laughs> <laughs> so video is free for job seekers at the moment for a limited time, but I think it's pretty healthy and generous. If you are looking for work, you can use video right now. Right. And on the grad guy, po- you're very well researched here, Derek. That's very cool. Yeah. On the grad guy podcast, I was talking about that because it's full of grads. So that's the audience. But if anyone out there today is either concerned about their job at the moment, because of the issues we're talking about within the economy, right? Within the economics of business development today, VC capital and, and everything that gets pushed. Right. If you're worried about that or you, you're actually looking for work, yes, you can use Vidu. And the way you would do it is it's 
it's almost like a copy paste of how you would use it to prospect into accounts. In many ways, applying for a job is not much different than breaking into a company and, and selling services, right? You're selling yourself. And this is very niche, but it's totally applicable here. Like you using a tool like Vidyard or Loom or Vidu, great, to express yourself, communicate yourself, give yourself every edge you can over the competition to stand out in front of a hiring manager, great. Just so happens that when you use those tools to do that job in front of that person, that's the job that you're going to be doing for the longer term, you know? So it's like, it's almost like an application and like a preview of your work in and of itself. So yes, use it to grab their attention, but also know that like the way that you're going to talk to a hiring manager, the way that you get their attention, the way that you might even qualify them mm. is absolutely what they're going to be expecting from you within the day job. Right. So right. it's not going to work for everyone in every industry, et cetera, but SDRs looking for work, messaging hiring managers. Yeah, this is just like this perfect. It's just not, well, there's not enough of that, quite frankly. We are involved no. in the hiring process quite a bit. And I look at a lot of applications and people who are trying to you know, get into SDR roles at our client companies. And the templatized cover letters are infamous. When you think about that and the email approach, even that you're taking when you are on the job, you're personalizing. Yeah. And so everything today has to be to some degree around, you know, being relevant. And, you know, when an SDR is applying to a position and they're not leaning into relevancy and then not demonstrating their ability to use some of the technology that you're going to use on the job, like video or other tools, then, you know, you're not standing out. It's the same problem SDRs face on the job is they're not standing out enough. And so I really am glad you double clicked on that. I think anybody who's listening to the, go ahead. Yeah, please. I was going to say, it's interesting because given the environment people are within right now, okay, there's a big demand for business development reps, but, but I think that's starting to shift. People are getting laid off. Capital's harder to come by. Inflation's like rife. You know, there's lots of uncertainty in the market. And go on LinkedIn and you'll scroll for two seconds and you'll see a post about someone either looking for work or commenting on someone being laid off. Like it's, it's a real thing that's happening. And for a long time, there was this imbalance between supply and demand. As a hiring manager, you know, I've gotten those messages before and I thought, Jesus, why didn't you just try a bit harder? But okay, I'll probably still interview you, right? And because it was just such a scarce labor pool and it was hard to get talent because everyone was hiring. I think businesses are starting to look more closely where they are at costs. I think the SDR and business development function is a very easy target. It's a very quick fix. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a lot of salary wrapped up in it. And I think that's starting to change now. I don't think sending those messages anymore because it's you learn through experience and impact, right? If you know you can send a pretty templated email and get that response from the hiring manager, it won't work with the client, by the way, but maybe the hiring manager really needs it. So they respond. That's going to change now. So those people that do that, I'm pretty certain they're not going to get those interviews. That's probably for the best. And it's kind of a leveling up for the whole market, I believe. I agree. I think for a, a long time, business development as a function has just been scooping up talent, maybe even too much of it. And there's this wave now of rationalization, consolidation, people thinking about that function as a cost center as well. And yeah, the best time to start getting better at that job is before you even have it. Absolutely. Be careful with your outreach, care about it, you know? Yeah, we were working with a client not too long ago and we had upwards of a hundred applications that had come through for a couple SDR roles. And there was a certain person that had come through the process. We overlooked the application. It didn't line up at first glance. A day or two later through the hiring manager, they sent an email 
very crisp on why they think they should be considered for this position. So it was cool. Barry Taylor took their past background. Again, this is entry level. This is an SDR role. This is someone who hadn't been an SDR before, but had done some sales work in a B2C context. And there was some relevance in their message. And so we got an interview with them after all, and they actually ended up doing really good in the interview Amazing. process, did a really good skill assessment. And guess what? They were hired for the position. So sometimes it's, you know, what it takes to stand out. Let's but talk how, a little how bit. How many people actually sent you the follow-up? How many people actually, I don't think I've ever experienced that, right? I don't think I've ever rejected a candidate and then had them follow up and say, well, actually, no, hit. Rebuttal. Yeah, rebuttal handling. Bang, mm-hmm. boom. How many people did that? For never, you? never. If yeah. anybody has been turned down and, you know, they might ask for feedback, you know, they'll definitely ask for yeah. like, well, you know, where could I improve sort of thing, but not really a rebuttal to those points necessarily. It's not super hard to stand out, you know, and there's a wealth of content on LinkedIn. People talk about these things. Or there's so many good souls out there that want to share this, you know? Well, they, they, you talk about it. So they could they yeah. follow you well, and learn a lot alone. Better people than me, right? There's a guy called Joshua Norris now. Mm-hmm. He's been hired by Lavender. Just love Lavender. He does mock interviews with people. He actually helps people get better at interviewing and he supports them in finding work. You know, it's totally aligned with the Lavender brand, but he was doing this before he even got there, I think. You know, so there are resources out there. It's not the Enigma code, right? It's not a big, scary, hard, unknown thing. It's documented. You just need to spend a few hours getting your head around it and resist the urge to blast those managers, right? Take your time because it makes a fucking huge difference. It does. It does. I know it can be scary, everyone, to think that you're not casting such a wide net. You're taking the time to focus on the roles that are you know, best aligned with your skill set. You're researching who the hiring manager is, finding what that contact information is if you're not just using LinkedIn. And you're crafting that message. You're investing that amount of time. Well, guess what? It's the same thing on the job, right? And so you have to make that investment and it pays off. It always does. So if you you don't like doing that right now, that's, it's an interesting signal, right? And maybe you won't like doing it long-term. So just be honest with yourself. Very good. Let's get back to the technology of video a little bit. I know we mentioned that we have it available through Chrome as an extension. So that means it's everything and everywhere, right? So we mentioned LinkedIn already today and how we're seeing a lot of it used there, obviously on email, but in the actual sales engagement platforms, talk to me about the use of video and its integrations with outreach, intercom. I think sales law is a new one for you as well. Yeah, big one. So you're right. The Chrome extension just kind of capture all of it for us in any sales engagement platform, or mostly all of them, apart from maybe some really niche ones that'll allow you to put gifts into messages as you're composing or as you're defining a sequence in a template, they'll allow you to put gifts in there. So by way of that fact, you can put these things everywhere. Great. Okay. Make it in the extension, pop it in really quick. We've just built, and we have one integration formally, right? Direct integration. That's with sales loft. We've just built that. Very good. And we're moving now from this just in time, this ad hoc use case, which will continue to be a focus for us. And people will use this ongoing, even when they do what I'm going to talk about now. We're moving from that and we're starting to allow people to fully automate the generation, the personalization, and the insertion of these GIFs and memes. We do memes as well. Oh, okay. Dilute the conversation. Oh, into sales loft steps. Hmm. So just a quick coverage on that. When you put someone into a sales loft cadence, you can have a video step in there. That will tell Vidu to do some great stuff, make a GIF, personalize it with sales loft custom attributes, and then put that GIF 
in the next message in the sequence. So all the seller does is they just load up Sales Loft with the right persona from Salesforce, bum, 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 bum. They go into Sales Loft, they hit their launch, they run their step, their email pops up, and the gifts are already there waiting for them. This is like phase two video now. This is where we want to go. It's not just 10 seconds or less. It's actually completely seamless. We want to eliminate entirely the work done 80, 90% of the time, right? For all of those messages, just place the media in it. And you still personalize the message, right? You see the surrounding text, the context, you change that. And you can change the GIF if you want to. But we're seeing for a lot of teams now, the overwhelming feedback we're getting is, holy smokes, this is a game changer. I can't believe I don't need to record a video. I can't believe I don't need to make that thing. It's just there. So you'll see more of that from us over time, I think. Yeah, it's good to, you know, operationalizing the use of tools like this is what's key. You know, we all understand that video and video work, but how do you get it to be put into place in a simple fashion and have it be relatively streamlined in that operation? So, you know, we talked to yeah, Christian at User Gems recently, and, you know, it's important to have data, but data is table stakes and it's the workflows that we're able to, you know, implement that make it actionable so that we can get the results that we know work at scale. So, and good that is. It's true of all teams and functions within a business, right? It needs to be simple. It needs to be in workflow, right? Of course, we want to work efficiently, but it's, I think it's particularly true for SDRs. Like that's the challenge for them. It's how can you get them access to data in the moments that matter? How can you get the media creative content in the moments that matter? Right. Knowing that they've got all these other things to do. They're spinning 20 different plates, 30 different tabs, right? Yeah. Lead IQ, phenomenal because it's there right? Salesforce is just this hub. Everything comes into it, right? Vidu now, yes, we want to take that step and just place that gift where you are. It's a very, I think AEs, they can suffer these latent pains. Like an AE workflow doesn't have to be super efficient and semi-automated and they'll live with that pain because they're going to close some big deals. And a lot of that's manual anyway, Mm. but so much of the SDR function, it's not just being great at talking, being great at writing, qualifying. You also have to be pretty systems-minded as well. And I don't think all tools out there make that easy. We want to make it easy. Agreed 100%. And just to clarify for the audience, so video is available you know, everywhere via Chrome on Outreach, LinkedIn, Intercom. And then there's you can obviously use Zapier as well to you know, really bridge out more integrations. But where the native integration lives today is with sales loft. So for your sales loft shops or those that are considering sales loft and like Vidu, you can definitely marry those together really well. And then on the roadmap for native integrations, what do you have coming up? Anything that you can call out? Yeah. So outreach is an obvious one. We're not sure exactly when we'll build it, but we're pretty confident we can turn it around in a month once we start. So outreach with the next couple of months, I'd say HubSpot's highly requested. Mm -hmm. Like beyond outreach, we've not really firmed up the roadmap, but HubSpot's up there. Outreach is next. And then it's wide open from there, right? Zapier connects us to other tools. It's fine. But really sales left and outreach when we started this, it became clear that that's where SDRs live today. And there are lots of other fringe use cases and different teams with different preferences, but those two control the lion's share of the sales development workflow market, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I concur with that. Those two first. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. Talk to us about the pricing model. How does pricing work for any of those that have been listening through the interview so far and are liking what they're hearing or considering? You don't have to give us a quote, but how does the pricing work? So it's a freemium model we've adopted. We probably don't have enough time to really flesh out why, but you can imagine why, right? We're, We're a small team. People can start using video for free. 
zero barriers to entry. I mean, you have to sign in with a Google or Microsoft account, but once you're there, it's you're done. You can print the cards, we'll send them to you. You can use Vidu up to 30 times a month to make memes and GIFs. And for a lot of people, that might be enough, right? And it's completely free and it will be forever, really. If you then want to use more of Vidu, if you want to remove branding, if you want to send more GIFs, you can upgrade to a pro account that ranges between 29 and 36 bucks a month, okay. depending on the payment plan. And then for teams that want to go full-blown automation, really buy back a ton of that time, like completely level up their efficiency and scale what's working, then they can upgrade to what we call a team plan. That's paid annually, and that's about 800 bucks a year. So three options, but most people start free, learn the ropes, get comfortable, find the wins. They graduate then to a paid monthly plan. And then the best teams that want to really scale this, we work with them on sales loft automation. Very good. Well, that's more insight, I think, on the pricing side than we get from our guests normally. So I appreciate the detail. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that's okay. No, that's very good. That's very good. So let's talk a bit as a product-led organization, you know, driving growth is different than maybe an organization that is not product-led, right? And I think as part of that, we commonly don't see an SDR team in some cases, especially at early stages. And I think you don't have an SDR team today. You mentioned you're a small organization today. So for those that are product-led themselves, how are you driving growth today? What's working for you? Yeah, the big leveling up for us was releasing freemium. We took a while to figure out how we should model it, what it really should look like, what the mechanics were. But when we launched that plan, a number of things came with the big thing, and this drives growth, is community engagement. That's really our lever for growth right now. We don't have SDRs. We don't advertise. We don't pay for ads, anything like that just yet. Hmm. We're very reliant on creating amazing experiences for people that use us, even those that use us for free, right? Through self-serve or even through content that I give them direct. And then it's them going out into the world, sending gifts. Funny thing about Vidu and Vidyard and these sorts of tools is sellers use them, send them to other people, they get them, and then they're exposed to the technology, right? So That was cool. Let's look into that ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this, it's not a network effect. It's more like viral mechanics. You know, it's the more people that use Vidu, the more exposure it has. And that's cool, right? That's very directly linked to user base and number of sends. But where we see really powerful growth that, that turns into advocacy is, is LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn's been amazing for us. I'm laser focused and at some point it might not scale and we'll hire people around it, but I'm so laser focused on helping people find great use cases, mm -hmm. find the right messaging, make the right gifts. And we find ways to self-serve and automate it, but I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff as well. And when those people get those results, I'm so humbled. Like every other week, it doesn't happen all the time, but every now and again, someone posts and they say, holy shit, I love video. I just netted. And I some, yeah, a guy I did it yesterday. <laughs> he actually put down, like I made five grand, you know, commission right, right. this thing in a month or whatever. And that, I didn't ask him to do that, you know, but that's the growth mechanic that we kind of want to encourage when a manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're seeing a lot of our exposure and growth come from right now. It's just people talking about it and using it. We really want to try and continue that trend. Yeah, it's, you know, as if we're moving to user-led growth as opposed to product-led growth. I think that's the natural evolution is really focusing on those champions in the community. Well, this exactly. has been great. I've learned a lot. And I think you know anyone who's out there and has been listening to this episode, give video a look, go to their website, get the free option, start using it. It's really easy to get set up. So I've enjoyed your time. William, how should people reach you? Where would you point people to, to you know, contact you or to learn more about video? Yeah, LinkedIn. Grab me on the website's video.io. You can't miss it. There'll be a big button that says sign up for free. So check it out, get started. If you need the tracking card, I will post them to you. That probably won't scale forever. So 
Get it while you can. Exactly. We have so many of these cards like dotted around our offices. We have children, our children helping us pack them at times. Anyway, you can sign up for free on the website. And then if you want to chat with me, just hit me up on LinkedIn. That's the best place to grab me. I might not respond super fast, but I'll always respond. And yeah, I love engaging with people. Yeah, I bet he'll respond faster if you hit him with a video video as well. Oh yeah, so lightning fast, because I'm going to give you feedback on it. (laughs) I'll respond really quick. All right, well, this has been awesome. Thank you again. You've been listening to the Research Labs podcast by Tenbound. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.